Hey everybody, this is Alexis, and you're watching the Power to Be Show podcast. We tend to separate work and faith into secular and spiritual spheres. But according to an article from Baylor University, recent studies show that if faith work integration is emphasized in congregations, members experience work more positively and contribute positively to their workplace. On the Power to Be show, we are showing people every week the impact of recognizing how God impacts every aspect of your life. Dive in each week as Dr. Bird, who was both a pastor and professor, chats with various entrepreneurs and leaders in the community. This week, we have with us Dr. Debbie, a mental wellness and family advocate. Her clinical practice is focused on infant mental health, holistic wellness, soul care, and mindfulness. We hope you enjoy the nuggets of wisdom from this episode. Before I turn it over to the host, all I ask is that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, leave a comment on the episode, and share with your circle. We all have the power to be. Now, here is our host, Dr. Terrell Bird. Alexis, thank you so much for that introduction and also for providing a little biographical information on our guest. We are so happy today to have with us Debbie, Dr. Debbie, and I just want to welcome you, Debbie, to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so honored to be here. Well, we're just delighted to have you. Now, one of the things that I know about you is you have been... Um, very engaged in mental health and in counseling. But before there, there was another path. I believe you were doing communication. But before yes. before we get into that, <laughs> uh, I love to get a little background, a little background like where you come from. Give me a little bit of your history. Sure. So mm -hmm. South Florida is my hometown. Okay. So I, we're going to bring some sunshine today. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Good. I loved... Um, just being able to grow up in so many different cultures, um, Haitian, Bahamian, Jamaican, Hispanic, all of that, I think, really influenced my upbringing. Okay. And most importantly to my heart would be uh, my father and my mother's different sides in terms of culture. So okay. my father is from Lagos, Nigeria, uh -huh. of the Yoruba community. Okay. Um, so uh, shout out to all my Nigerian brothers and yeah, sisters. <laughs> yeah, wonderful, and wonderful. My mom is from um, Dania, Florida. Okay. So uh, lots of history in terms of um, thinking about how even historical trauma yeah. can impact um, a generation sure. of families. So, so the father is Nigerian. Yes. And the mother is African-American. Yes. Okay, mm -hmm. so wonderful uh, mix there mm -hmm. of cultures. Uh, oh, yeah. and Dr. Bird, I have to share. The okay. most important part of my upbringing is that even outside of those different parts of our culture, mm -hmm. the foundation was ministry. 
So my father was a pastor. Okay. And we grew up in the church, Deeper Life Christian Ministries. Okay. And so I was raised to to serve and to help others. We used to do um, feeding the homeless uh, in what used to be called Tent City in Fort Lauderdale. Okay. Um, we had a discipleship home uh, for men who were in recovery from substance abuse. So I grew up. We grew that. up in a, a atmosphere of service right. and of giving back. Right. Now, all this was in Florida. So the mm-hmm. ministry, your father, your father was a pastor, you say. Yes. So all this was in in uh, Fort Lauderdale. Yes. So he's from Nigeria. How mm-hmm. long had he been in in the States? Well, he came in the 1980s. Okay. So um, he was an adult when he came over on a mission to, to oh, serve and okay. to help. And he met my mother Okay. and they got married. Um, she loved that uh, he was really serious about ministry. Mm-hmm. And he, when they met, he was serving in the children's ministry. Um, and so they have a beautiful love story and how she knew he was the one because he was after God's heart. Okay. And okay. so um, he taught us that. Okay. Growing up, how do we focus on God's heart and helping others. And so when it comes to mental health, I may not have known the terminology growing up, Mm -hmm. but it was always around around you. It was around Mm -hmm. you. Now, do you have other siblings? I do. So what are the, what are the siblings do you have? (laughs) So I have amazing diva sister who is a a ministry singer. Okay. There's always a diva in the family. Oh yes. (laughs) Amazing voice. Amazing voice. Um, can be a little bit of NDRE, but also can be like Tamala Man. It's okay, just powerful, okay, powerful. Okay, so um, her name is Faith uh, Lowe. Okay. She's married to Donald Lowe, okay. uh, who's also a singer. You yeah, know, singers connect. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, um, and they so have, have. So go ahead. No. Oh, no. I was just going to say they have uh, one son. And then um, I also have a little brother. Okay. Um, so there were three of you, three There's siblings. Three, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So so in Fort Lauderdale, grew up in an environment of of service, mm-hmm. having that modeled for you by your father, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, your your entry into because it seems to me, well, I guess you were educated in Florida schools. And at least for your undergrad, your um, your high school, yes, pre college. Mm-hmm. What happened? Where did you? How did you decide to go the path that you took? What happened? So, this is always an opportunity to pause and reflect for me, okay? Because growing up um, and being in the ministry life, you get to see people at their most vulnerable state. Mm-hmm. And so I had an, I say it's an opportunity um, to really understand the pain that people were going through, but also to see the healing, Mm. the healing power of God, the resiliency of people. And so that inspired me to want to help people and share those stories, Mm -hmm. Um, which is why I went to college for communications. Mm, And another reason is because as I was growing up, I had health challenges in high school 
where I had to get surgery on my back for scoliosis. Wow. Uh, my spine was curved 60 degrees over normal. Mm. And they thought I was not going to be able to walk again. Oh, wow. And this was a shock to my family because mm. I was so involved in like cheerleading and ballet and jazz and tap. Mm. We were like, how could this be? Mm-hmm. But when we saw the x-rays, we were wow. blown away. Wow. Wow. It was curved in exactly like, you know, how they show you the S kind mm-hmm. of um, yeah, yeah. Uh, different pictures to explain what scoliosis is. And so my parents opted to do the surgery mm-hmm. um, while I was um, in high school. And I always say it was bittersweet because it was my 16th birthday. Uh, I was in the hospital. Uh, recovering from this major surgery. And that's I, a, that, pardon me, that's a pretty, in, I mean, intense. I have a member of my church, a young lady now who's in high school ha- and going to have to have that, uh, that surgery for scoliosis. So I've been told that that is extremely mm-hmm. uh, difficult yes. and challenging. Yeah. It was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I thank my parents. I thank God that um, I was able to um get the support that I needed mm-hmm. on the other side of it. Yes. I, um, well, Good. Um, but it is a journey that will teach you a lot about, you know, what do you really want to do in life? And mm. though I thought it was like dance or entertainment, mm-hmm. I realized that I had other skills, other mm-hmm. gifts. Yeah. Yeah. And in going through that experience, I learned that I had a love for debate. Okay. Um, I learned that I had a love for student government. Okay. And I wanted to use those communication good, good. skills. The communication. So communication became a, a a very important part of your academic, your your early academic life. And yes. you so you studied communication where? I studied communications at Howard University. Howard, yes. In Washington, D.C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, Wonderful a- reputation of a school and, and one you. of the, as we would call it, the Harvard of HBCUs. Hey. So <laughs> I love it. Both, yes. both Howard, Morehouse, yes. Spelman mm-hmm. colleges are, right. are so highly regarded in terms yes. of producing uh, top-level educators. So yes. so I commend you on that. Yes. Thank you. Uh-huh. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So, so, but you were going, uh, for communication mm-hmm. uh, with, the, with the idea that you would come out and do what? So I went for communications and um, was a little bit in the journalism field. Okay. So before I went away to college, I worked at the Westside Gazette newspaper, okay. which is a local um, South Florida newspaper, mm-hmm. one of the largest African-American okay. uh, newspapers by um, Mr. Henry. Yes. Yeah. Um, and him and his family really instilled in me um, excellence mm-hmm. in writing. Um, and so I thought, okay, how could I use this uh, within the news industry to really tell stories? Mm-hmm. And so I used to work at uh, NBC6 in Miami okay. under uh, one of our local heroes, uh, Yvette. Um, and then I went to uh, NBC4 in D.C. And then I finished at CNN. And that's when I had my career versus my calling <laughs> okay. awakening. Yeah. And I love that. I love the career versus the calling. And while the career may be significant, the calling is essential. Right. Mm-hmm. So now uh, it looks like, though, that you had this this um 
profession or this professional life in communication and you're 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 connecting with all these news uh agencies mm-hmm. and which are highly applauded um but yet your calling seems to have pulled you uh in a way that um that you knew that it was time for a change, right? Mm-hmm. So tell me about that. Tell me about that career calling. What was it? Yeah. Okay. So ooh, we graduated okay. in the midst of a bank bailout and a car bailout. Okay. And so all of, I think, the hopes and dreams of many people from my generation um, really had a, a, a wake-up call. Mm. Like, what did we go to school for to do? And is this really in service the way that God has called us okay. to? Okay, okay. And so um, I just began to feel like God tugging on my heart that, yes, the stories that we share are powerful. Even thinking about the stories in the Bible and mm-hmm. how they transform lives. Mm-hmm. But thinking about the kind of 24-hour news cycle Mm -hmm. and the different uh, news headlines, it wasn't in line with what he was calling me to do. Okay. Okay. And so when I moved back home, I had the opportunity um, to get reconnected with family, Mm -hmm. uh, to do some soul searching and seeking God for okay, what is next? What do you want me to do? Thank mm-hmm. you for allowing me to do what I wanted to do, <laughs> yeah, what I okay. thought uh-huh. was the plan. But there's something bigger here. Right. And in reconnecting with some of my family members, um, one confided in me that they were struggling with clinical depression mm. and they were having thoughts of suicide. Okay. Now, remember, I went to school for communications. Mm-hmm. I really didn't have the terminology of mental health. Mm -hmm. I grew up in ministry helping people who were hurting, but I didn't see it in that lens. And so I was, I was shocked. I was like, what, what are you talking about? Like, um, tell me more. I was confused. I wanted to help. I didn't know which direction. And so I had to take some time to research. And as I was learning about depression and suicide prevention, and mental health. Mm -hmm. I was walking with my family member through this. Thank God they're still here to this day. Praise God for that. But that literally catapulted me into this mission. Okay. Now that's what, that's powerful because it was almost like an awakening, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, An epiphany of some sort. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's, and it also seems like you're identifying an area of trauma. And so trauma seems to be where you've landed in terms of addressing kind of mental health. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about that, about just this whole trauma area. Yes. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I began to do research in this area, I began to see that this was not just what was going on with my family member, but this was going on throughout families in the Mm -hmm. neighborhood, in the community, in the city, in our state, Mm -hmm. in the nation. Mm -hmm. Mental health affects one in five. And when you think about depression, it affects one in four. 
So this is not a them or they thing. This is all of us. Mm-hmm. And we have to really normalize trauma, especially thinking about what went on during the viral pandemic of COVID. Mm-hmm. Sure. We all experience mm-hmm. a collective form of trauma. Yes. Whether you lost a loved one and you were experiencing grief, whether you lost your job and mm-hmm. you were experiencing sure. grief. Sure. Yeah. All of that impacted yeah. our mental health. Yeah. Being isolated for so many months. Yeah. Um, being in this um, time period of uncertainty, yeah. not knowing what was going to happen next. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you lost substantial wages, how are you going to keep your home mm-hmm. or keep your car? Yeah. All of that stress just yeah. compounding. So so everyone experiences trauma. Oh, yes. uh, it's it's just the way in which we deal with the trauma that we, <laughs> that we experience. <laughs> right. So you're you're being being able to pick up on uh, those kind of concerns that are happening to people all around you. So it pointed you in the direction of academics, so that you mm-hmm. could get the language yes to go along with the passion oh yes <laughs> yeah it was so so sense. talk about that yeah, yeah it was just this like unstoppable desire mm-hmm. to seek and to learn more mm-hmm. so i could educate as you said mm-hmm. help and serve mm-hmm. in terms of people being able to recognize that it wasn't separate but both and mm-hmm. so it was what's going on uh, mentally, emotionally, socially, okay, and also um, soul care. Okay, and so I went to Palm Beach Atlantic University yeah, for yeah, my master's yeah. in counselor education. Mm-hmm. I studied two tracks: one was mental health, the other was marriage and family therapy. Mm-hmm. And then I went on for my doctorate at Nova Southeastern University. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I studied in their School of Osteopathic Medicine, okay. and so I am officially well, a doctor of marriage you're, and family you're, therapy. You're Doctor Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. Well, I was going to say I'm done, but I have one more, one yeah. more. Oh, you're um, still thing. working on that. Oh. So God, you know, when you think <laughs> that you are are done, He's like, no, I have so much more for you yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few, mm. so we need you to be ready to yeah, serve. Wow. And um, I am going to Peacock Soul Care. Mm-hmm. So uh, this institute is focused on spiritual discipline. Okay. Um, even this is a just a beautiful testament to. Uh, the way that God works in our lives. So uh, this book here was recommended to me by my pastor, mm-hmm. uh, Pastor Ronnie Perry Jr. Mm-hmm. And so I I bought it, I read it, and I was just so blown away at mm-hmm. all of these tenants that I think can help everyday families, everyday people, and really understanding how do you build that relationship with Christ? How do you recognize that it's mind, body, and soul yeah, care? Yeah, mind, body, and soul. So that is soul care. Yes. And um, so you would recommend that. Oh, to, I highly recommend this book. So I want yes. my audience to know that there's a my doctor, book. My uh, Peacock. All right. My Peacock, <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. So, so, um, so, it's interesting because you're dealing with trauma, which mm-hmm. in many ways people would say is a, a kind of a psychological mm-hmm. uh, endeavor field, 
but yet you're pulling in the spiritual and the spiritual formation. Yes. And I think as you talk about soul care <laughs> and the importance of body, mind, and spirit, <laughs> that holistic approach so often is missing. Mm -hmm. And maybe mm -hmm. that's why there is such a dilemma in people finding wholeness in life. So can you talk about that? Yeah. Sure. Um, there's a huge stigma and taboo mm -hmm. of mental health in the church. Mm -hmm. And so just as I said before, how we have to normalize it, mm -hmm. we have to support our ministry leaders who are hearing yes. these stories from people who are going through betrayals and breakups, divorce, um, who are going through um, infant mortality, the loss of a child, all of these different experiences in life, mm -hmm. um, substance misuse, um, things that they never would have imagined they would have to face, right. even with medical concerns. Right. Right. And that impacts your overall well-being and mental health. Yeah, And so by bringing in the spiritual and mental health, we're able to affirm that it's not separate. Right. And you know, um, you know, Dr. Debbie, uh, what uh, amazes me, but yet troubles me too, is that so often the church has not been able to respond appropriately because the church has not, because of the taboo mm -hmm. of, of, of trauma, emotional trauma, but also because the church has not really invested in the kind of people like you, people who, the professions mm -hmm. that can address some of these issues. Yes. So yes. Um, how important is it that churches mm -hmm. establish maybe counseling centers and things like that in their community? It is so imperative for okay. us to recognize the need to have a mental health ministry. Mm. And depending on your church, you can determine what level and size that looks like. Mm. So okay. maybe you have lay counselors, maybe you uh, collaborate and partner with a professional counselor. Uh, to me, it's so helpful because the pastor can really focus on what he's called to sure. do. Yes. And then he can tap into the talents and gifts of the professional, the doctors, the licensed therapists yeah, yeah. to help in the other areas that are outside of their scope yeah, of work. Yeah. And I think to me, this helps support the overall body of the church. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, as a pastor, I have found it so helpful to have a counselor who serves for, in my pastoral care ministry. Excellent. So that when there are issues, I mean, I, you know, I've, I've taken pastoral care, but I mean, someone who has, has a degree and is trained as a counselor, I feel so much relief. And being able to hand that off. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, not because, <laughs> you know, not because I don't think I could have right. the skills to address certain parts, exactly. but to have someone who that has mm -hmm. been their area. So th that yes. is so refreshing. Mm -hmm. And when I hear you talk about the kind of training that you've gotten, so maybe elaborate on some of the kinds of training that you've got through the studies you've done. Sure. Mm -hmm. And before I do so, I just want to affirm that I think, what you've shared shows how much you care. Oh, thank you. That you recognize, you. you know what, this is outside of my scope of work yes. and I want you to get 
the uh, services that you need yes. by a professional who is qualified and has the time yes. to support you ongoing yes. for weeks until you reach your goals. Yes, yes. Um, oh, and, you. you know, when they come to us, in terms of my background, mm -hmm. I'm focused on looking at an infant mental health lens, which means when you think about what happens in childhood mm -hmm. or adverse childhood experiences and even positive mm -hmm. um, childhood experiences, both play a role in how we see the world. Yeah. Um, also, there has been so much research and new information in terms of epigenetics, which means that science now confirms that they can see at the epigenome level trauma transferred mm -hmm. from the mother and the father to the child, to the child. Wow. and how it manifests through their behavior. Wow. So you're saying then that this kind of uh, trauma starts at an early, if not, mm -hmm. I mean, at birth. Right, right. And has been passed on. Generations. Generations. Yes. Wow, yeah. <laughs> Which means that. <laughs> yeah, where you going? <laughs> yeah. So, so the, the. This needs to be something that's addressed early on mm -hmm. and often yes. in the life of the church and the life of the family. Yes, yeah. that's the key to healing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When you heal, you're healing generations. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when I work with parents or adults, I let them know it's never too late to heal. Mm -hmm. Because when you heal, you're still helping your children, mm -hmm. your community yeah. see you in yeah. a new light, yeah. in that whole light, yeah. in the true light. Yeah. That God created you to be. Yeah, yeah. So, so a lot of this, and I, I think so often we see people who have difficulty in life being able to function in life because they haven't dealt with those yeah. trauma, traumatic experiences, and it continues to go along with them throughout their life. Wow. Yeah. That's that's so that's that's fascinating. And, you know, sometimes yeah. they may be confused and mm. they're wondering, like, where did I get this from? Yeah. Or they begin to notice in other family members, like, how come they act just yeah. like yeah. grandma? Yeah. They weren't around when grandma, they don't right. even know who grandma right. was. Right. But it's in the DNA. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it is under our skin. Yeah. And yeah. we have to take the time to recognize it. Mm -hmm. um, and also to know that it doesn't always have to be something that we need to kind of be afraid of mm -hmm. or operate in mm -hmm. silence around yeah, yeah. because there's also protective factors. Yes. Um, the things that uh, are what is good, mm -hmm. the things that you have that help you to rise above mm -hmm. the challenges mm -hmm. and obstacles. Mm -hmm. um, so that would be prayer. Mm -hmm. That would be your church family. Yeah. Um, so I always say science catches up with the Bible because yeah. Yeah. God talks about generational patterns. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that is great. You know, there is a, um, a story that's told in the Bible in, in both Mark's gospel and Luke's gospel where Jesus, uh, he, a father brings his child to Jesus, and you know, but he brought him to the disciples first and asked the disciples to heal uh, his son, and his disciples couldn't do it. And Jesus talked about the fact that he said, bring them. He said, ye of little faith. Mm. 
And they asked, the disciples asked, they said, why couldn't we do it? Why Uh couldn't we do it? And Jesus said that you didn't have enough faith. In other words, you had not been living close enough to me. Your prayer life, your intimacy was missing. And so sometimes people forget how important that prayer is and having an intimacy with God. Yes, that's the soul care. Yes, exactly. That's that's great. That's awesome. So that's, that's one area that you really focus on is looking at this childhood trauma that can be something that starts from from uh, even birth even right into, infancy, yeah. infancy uh, yeah. to five years of age is yeah. where we focus mm-hmm. helping parents um, but then throughout the life course as well mm-hmm. so I use satire family therapy or narrative therapy mm-hmm. helping people again rewrite their stories yeah yeah um, we look at EMDR as an option as well that's eye movement desensitization okay. and reprocessing okay. Um, <laughs> okay so it just depends on yeah. you know what people are looking for what wow. they're going through yeah I love that narrative because people need to be able to tell the st- tell their story. Yes, yes. Uh, and sometimes people have difficulty remembering their story. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Good. Okay. So now um, that's one area. Now uh, the other you have touched upon was you were dealing with uh, someone uh, in your family or someone close to you that maybe contemplated suicide. Yes. So are there other areas of mental health, uh, issues that you focus on? Okay. So along with, um, infant mental health, there's prenatal or postnatal maternal mental health, Mm -hmm. um, helping mothers and fathers who, um, need support during that period. Uh, many people don't know that, you can have postpartum depression um, and they think like something is wrong with them because, Mm -hmm. you know, they just had this baby. This is a blessing. It's supposed to be the most joyful time Mm -hmm. in their life, Mm -hmm. but they are not feeling connected or attached and they need support. Mm -hmm. And so during that time period, it's so essential for counselors to walk with families. So they understand what's going on in their body, what's going on in their mind and how they can get back to um, themselves or even a better self as Mm. they go through their parenting journey. Sure. Um, Other areas uh, that I focus on include healing from abuse, Mm. um, thinking about anxiety, uh, all of our students who are going back to school, being able to know that they can get mental health support if they feel anxious about Connecting with new friends, mm, uh, having yeah. to do well on wow. tests. You, you're saying a mouthful. So <laughs> <laughs> you're saying so much that at each point, I would love to just just stick a pen in it for a minute. One has to do with abuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, because abuse has often been a part of particularly the, the black uh, family tradition and then in the home where there have been such abuse and often it has been re- uh, abuse that has perhaps happened to say the father or the male right. uh, because of his, uh, his position in life. Mm-hmm. And then he brings it home right. and takes it out on his spouse and his children. So abuse there. So, right. um, and then the anxiety that you talked about, the anxiety with, with children and going back to school. And talk a little bit about uh, the abuse in, 
first in families and then maybe with children. So again, this speaks to that intergenerational trauma mm-hmm. and the patterns Okay, and how it's so important for us to recognize what has happened before mm-hmm. and then what do we want to do to shift and to change mm-hmm. that we still have a choice in how mm-hmm. we move forward in a positive way yeah. in an uplifting way uh, for the next generation. Mm-hmm. So thinking of, as you um, share the black family or African-American families, when you look at historical trauma mm-hmm. in America and think about the abuse um, and um, just the, the travesty that mm-hmm. was, um, wow. So I'm trying to put into words. Yeah. It's like, it's, yeah. It's so when you, much when you take into account that narrative Yeah, mm-hmm. and then see how people are responding to each other mm-hmm. today, mm-hmm. you can see that the logic comes from not being able to have time to heal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so all of that pain being passed down generation mm-hmm. to generation, yeah. even as thankfully laws have been changed, mm-hmm. society has changed, communities have changed. But when was there time to really process mm. and heal? Mm-hmm. So the healing has not taken place And thus, there is a repeating of these behaviors. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the concerns I have is the lack of male role models uh, in the African-American community. And then we have, of course, the single-parent household. And so many times mothers are raising sons, or at least trying to. Sons find themselves connecting to gangs because they're looking for that kind of continuity of of somebody role model or something but it can turn so bad and i think it's exactly what you said is they haven't dealt with the healing that needed to take place in the family yeah good good stuff yeah there's so much um loneliness and rejection um that people feel and don't know how to process Mm -hmm. Um, and when you are left in that state, you're looking for love. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it may be in all the wrong places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when that occurs, you really have to take time to determine when are you ready mm-hmm. to make that change? Because it won't be, you know, is it, you know, my mom, my sister, my brother? No, it will be you, mm-hmm. yourself looking at how do you want to do inner work so that you can change and be the person that you hope to be mm-hmm. for your family right. in the community. Um, and so it, it's, it's really a journey I think of seeking and understanding that love is there. Mm-hmm. God is there. Mm-hmm. He's waiting for yeah. you with open yeah. arms yeah. and you can always come back and you can always change. Yeah. So it sounds to me like um, spiritual uh, formation, Mm -hmm. disciplines are something that needs to be promoted in the church Mm -hmm. if we're ever going to see healing take place. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, so, so while there's a lot of things that go on in the church, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, but these pieces seem to me to be uh, necessary for the healing of the persons mm-hmm. who are in church life. I mean, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of brokenness. Yes, yeah, I yeah. remember Rick Warren say saying that the church is the hospital. Mm-hmm. Like we are where people come. Mm-hmm. To get care. Yes. When they're hurting, when they're confused, when they need a friend. Yeah. And so we connect with them. Yeah. To give them hope. Yeah. To show them that there is harmony. There is hope. Yeah. Talk to me about some of uh, the uh, agencies that you work with. And so are there any Mm -hmm. that you would like to talk about that you're working with that you might be able to point people to? And maybe even point them to you in the agency. So Oh, definitely. Yeah. So my um, practice is the Protective Factors Group. Okay. We are focused on reducing disparities in mental health. Okay. And so we are open for mental health counseling, family therapy, uh, couples counseling. But also I do a lot of training in the community. Okay. Um, so I visit many churches to talk about suicide prevention, okay. what is depression, what are different therapy options. And I also do training at different agencies like the Center for Child Counseling. Um, So that is an incredible local agency that people can uh, connect with as well. Yeah. And the the marriage counseling, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So many uh, young people are entering into marriage and they're not getting counseling prior to to entering (laughs) into that very serious commitment. So your, your agency also focuses on marriage and family counseling, right? Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. It is imperative. You will learn so much about yourself and your spouse. And you can make the best decision moving forward. Yeah, yeah. And then, and you, so, so, okay. So it's called what again? Give me the name again so we can make sure my audience will. Sure, Protective Factors Group. Protectors Factors Group. Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure my audience is aware of that. And uh, we'll also make your website available available so that people who want to contact you can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you. Yes. What other, is there other agencies? I, I, I saw so many as I was reading <laughs> through your, your so bio. I also work with the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Okay. They have a Palm Beach County chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, I volunteer with them, but also uh, if they need a speaker, I do different um, trainings for them as well. Okay. And because of the work that we're doing in mental health and ministry, I am so proud to share that they have launched their own mental health in the church conference. Wonderful. It will be on August 27th wow. at the historic missionary uh, Tabernacle, Tabernacle Baptist yeah, Church. Sure, yeah. And so uh, I'm so blessed to serve as their keynote speaker. That's wonderful. And um, they have a whole day planned of workshops. They'll kick it off with breakfast and also provide lunch. And so it's open to ministry leaders, um, to lay leaders. Any cost to that? Uh, It's completely free. It's free. So families are welcome to attend, youth welcome to attend. So we all can learn more about mental health and how it impacts us. How can we decrease the stigma and really get the support that we need? That's wonderful. That's wonderful. That's great. Well, I am just so delighted to hear about the work that you're you're doing would you mind if i have a word of prayer with you as i pray for your strength and uh, okay um we have 
the new song, Mental Health in the Church Conference, uh-huh. okay. coming October 29th. So please, yes, keep us in prayer yes, on that. new song will have mm-hmm. the ministry. Oh, wonderful. Yes. Let's pray. Let's pray. Eternal God, we are so thankful that you have placed within our space people who are committed to our wellness, our mental health, and our wholeness. I thank you for Debbie. I thank you that you are using her in magnificent ways to be able to help others. I thank you for the wisdom and the knowledge that you've given her, that she is now being able to focus on those areas of traumatic uh, issues and experiences in people's life and help them to come from brokenness to wholeness. We pray, oh God, that you will continue to bless her. Bless the ministry of her church. We pray, oh God, that you would uh, help them as they are launching this new area of counseling and in mental health. And Lord, we thank you, oh God, because she's really raised the flag now that we can all know that we have a need in our churches as well mm-hmm. to be able to emphasize this area of ministry. So I pray, oh God, that you would bless us as we go forward. Thank you, dear Lord. And I ask that you would continue to be with her as she continues to make a difference in the lives of so many. In your name, Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you. Thank you. And thank you for being with us. I uh, have a little Aww, gift that we like you. to, so that whenever you see yes, uh, power, to power to Be, you'll know that this Tumblr is a reminder of who we are. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> thank you, thank Dr. You so Debbie, much. thank you for being here with us, and thank you for sharing with us. You're welcome. Thank right. you. Thank, thank you. you so much. Please, audience, let's take advantage of the knowledge that's brought to us through mental health counseling. I thank uh, Dr. Debbie, and I would also encourage you to follow her, the work she's doing, and become a part. If you have a need, that you can direct uh, your followers to go there as well. So thank you for being with us. We'll see you again next week on The Power To Be. We would like to thank this episode's sponsor, Living Word Christian Community. Located at 2390 South Military Trail, West Palm Beach, Florida, 33415, where Dr. Terrell Bird is the lead pastor. The worship service begins at 1030 a.m. in person, on Facebook, and Instagram Live.